0: uh what's up mike what's up walker should we do this let's do it
1: all right welcome to walls down podcast i'm mike Uh, that's mike Whoops. (laughs) Whoops.
0: <laughs> it's a podcast
1: where we uh, hear stories of masculinity. That's Mike. I'm, I'm Mike. Walker. Um, so, yeah, what, what uh, what's going on this week, Mike? How you been?
0: Um, it's been a good week. I got my, I officially got my life coaching certification. So it's real, baby. Nice, nice. All, all that work, I finished it um, and got the email saying that I'm officially certified. Uh-huh. So I was super excited about that. Uh, I'm just waiting for that to to come in the mail. And then I was, like, debating on if I was going to put it on Instagram to, like, show, like, what I've done. And then I was, like, going back and forth in my head, like, oh, is this corny? Should I do it? Should mm. I not do it? And I did it. And I got, like, a lot of responses from friends, mm. like, yo, congratulations. Like, What does it feel? Like, what's corny? Like, what's... Like I, I'm, I mean, I have Instagram, but I don't like broadcast and like showcase my life. So for me, it was like, do I just keep this on the wraps and just like keep moving forward, or like are people, like what what are you worried people are going to judge, like that you're like, um,
1: or is it that like I'm a like, privacy? look at me, look uh, at me,
0: gosh. look at me, like look what I'm doing, like yeah, you know, um, but I don't do that, like I don't showcase everything. So it's just yeah. like, yo, just put it. It's like a big accomplishment. Like what's a yeah, big yeah. deal. So I did it, and, like, people were just super excited for me and, like, you know, giving me congratulations and, like, shout-outs and all that stuff. So it was dope. That's awesome. So yeah. does that, having the certification, does that open
1: you up to um, new stuff? Like, can you do more stuff now,
0: or is it just, like, it shows that you're more, like, legit? Oh, It shows that I'm more legit. Yeah. And, it, and for me, it was, like, um, if a client were to ask me, like, are you certified? Like, do you know what you're doing? I could show them a piece of paper saying that, like, I went to school for it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I added more tools to my tool belt and, um, because in my head, like, I know I'm a life coach I I know I'm a life coach and like, um, I can help people with yeah. whatever they're going through. But like, I always had in the back of my mind, like, mm. oh, am I really legit? Cause it, I don't have this like piece of paper or certificate or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So once I got it, it was like, damn, I'm real now. <laughs> it's real. Fish. It's official, <laughs> baby. And now Let's you, go. it's
1: another uh, excuse removed from like fully diving into it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Now you gotta, you gotta. <laughs> yeah, now I
0: gotta like, like keep moving forward and like see where this goes. Yeah, but it, it was uh, when I got the email, like I jumped up and I was like, oh shit! Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, real yeah. now. Like. Yeah. I just felt that, like, that door just opened up, like, even more. Like, mm. all right, where am I going to go from here, you know? So
1: what's the next barrier?
0: Um, Just actually, like, getting more clients, you know? Getting, like, legit clients and just building my business, mm. which is weird to say. Build my business. Like, my business. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> but it's cool, too, at the yeah. same time because, like, this has been a dream of mine, like, uh, moving to New York and just, like, doing what's in front of me like even if it's like mad uncomfortable and like Mm. at times like I was just like man I don't want to do this I just did it anyways you know yeah yeah for sure for sure yeah that's good man congratulations yeah it's a big deal yeah it's It's
1: I mean and it's a piece of paper too like at the same time like it's like legit but it's like you are the one that brings everything anyway like that yeah sort of, exactly like it was helpful but yeah. i think it's also like especially doing what you're doing it's you bringing yourself and like if you didn't do weren't doing all the work that you've talked about on here and like all this other stuff like yeah really that thing wouldn't mean that much you yeah know?
0: i think more it was like for me like i'm the type of person that like starts a bunch of different things mm-hmm. and then i get easily distracted and then i'm like okay i'm gonna go do this yeah, yeah and then right. i completely forgot that totally, i like i'm totally. in the middle or like towards like the end like i stopped like right at the end like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. maybe like a week before i'm like supposed to finish i'm like oh cool i'm gonna go do this thing <laughs> <laughs> i had a better idea yeah, yeah. i had like, a better oh shit i'm just gonna finish that and then like i was like why do i do that why is that this pattern yeah, you know? yeah. and i paid for the certification and i had literally all i had to do was just like hand it in <laughs> that's it like just hand it in yeah, like, yeah uh upload it to dropbox and then just give it to the teacher. And I did it, and like literally the next morning, she was like, All right, cool, you're good, done. And I was like, What the fuck? What was that about? Like, why? Taking something (laughs) to the actual conclusion
1: of it. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, I mean, I've, I, I didn't, like, sometimes I think that, especially like, I'll be at my job now, and I'm like, Or I'm just like, start thinking about the future, and I'm like, Wait a second, am I like totally, as opposed to like building on the job, what I'm doing now, it's like, sometimes I'll have these ideas where like, what if I switch careers completely? Yeah, yeah. I did something completely, which I've done a ton in my life. You know what I mean? Like I've like this is the thing. This yeah. is what I'm going to do, and then it's like I start to have some success, or I start to go down a path, and I'm like, I don't believe in that thing anymore. I'm yeah. not doing that. Like, switch yeah. <laughs> Audible. Yeah, exactly. Um, What's going on with you?
0: How's your week been?
1: My week was good. My week was yeah. My week was solid. There's a couple things. You know, it's like I try to keep my like eyes open for like the things that I think these little moments. And two two things came up today actually, like this morning. Mm-hmm. One was, you know, I'm looking for an apartment, and um, I'm looking with my girlfriend and my sister. And my we my sister went and looked at the co- like two or th- three places yesterday, and we liked one of them, so we went back. and And like the guy who saw him with, I was like, oh, did you ask me these questions? Uh, and This like I she was like she knew what like the deal was or whatever and it was like what we're like looking for and price and all stuff but it was funny I had this this like gut response that I was like I'll get in there and I'll like negotiate like I'll talk man to man to this guy like we'll all get it you know what I mean and it's fun exactly and like that's the thing is like. (laughs) The funny, it's like just all these weird. I remember when I first moved to New York, I was like so intimidated by just the whole process and everything. And like you meet these brokers, especially a lot of them are just like these real fast talking, like whatever. And I was just like, uh huh, uh -huh, whatever you say. Like, can we please, please, you know, like we'll bend over backwards for whatever. And then, like we've talked about, it's like I've developed this ability to have like confidence in myself and like feel like. I basically deserve the space that I require to exist. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I'm like, I I am valid and taking up the space, but it's like, it can all, it can also, it's, I got to keep an eye because it dips into like that, like fucking ego Mm -hmm. and like where I'm just like, she does, she can't handle it. Like my sister can't, which she's like in school to be a lawyer and like, you know, like she's can perfectly <laughs> she's handle it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, like I go in like, and, and I don't even tell her the thing like that I'm thinking about negotiating. I'm just like, I'll, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. Which is this, this weird, it's like, I put myself in this position. I put myself in a position and then I'm like, everybody put me in this position. I got to take care of it, but it's myself. Like I did that. Um, so, yeah, it was just something funny. I noticed, and then the other thing, and we kind of talked about this I think a couple weeks ago or something, but I saw this I saw this kid i was like literally like three blocks from your apartment, and there was a kid, and his mom the kid's probably like five or six years old, and he was like like kind of walking backwards I could tell he was like revving up like I didn't know what he was doing, and he ran, and he like jumped from like one black part of the of the The sidewalk to like another like he was like seeing if he could run and jump it and I was like yeah like when he did it I was like yeah and then all of a sudden I had this rush of like because I'm kind of like a silly adult person like I think that's part of what like I work with kids and like I do that kind of like I think that works well and but then this all this rush of just like See, you're not an adult. Like, what are you doing talking to that kid? Like, you're so like. I have this thing too, where I'm like, I'm not like what an adult, what a 33 year old should be like, and like Mm -hmm. I should have, I shouldn't have these like funny, silly, weirdness, like all this, just from thinking it was funny that this kid jumped from this thing. I had this like rush of like judgment on myself of like yeah that's not how you should act you yeah. shouldn't be like that like you should be serious and walking to do your business thing and and then it's like goes this the spiral it's like you know all your friends own houses and they're married and have kids and you're moving in with your sister to an apartment and, da, 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 and like it's like <laughs> whoa how did i get here
0: from this kid <laughs> jumping on the sidewalk yeah. that self-talk but, is yeah. real <laughs> and
1: like and the funny thing is like that i can recognize that that what i my sort of like ability to access with that kid like his joy makes me good at what i do yeah it makes me able to like connect with people and be genuine with people and not but it's so quick to come mm-hmm. back to that like uh um but yeah so i thought that was funny i noticed that um but uh so we got a nice little interview today yeah it's gonna be friend dope. jim was nice enough to come on so we're gonna take a quick break. And, uh, when we come back, Jim's going to talk to us about his story with, uh, masculinity in this world. We'll be back. All right. We're back. This is the Walls Down Podcast. We're here with Jim, who, uh, Mike met recently and, uh, they kind of just hit it off and so, and told Jim about the idea of the podcast and he was in. What's going on, Jim?
2: Not much. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you for coming. I appreciate yeah. you. So
1: you know, I, I talked. We talked a little bit about this, but really, we just kind of want to hear what. Uh, tell us. Actually, first, always, we like. How do you identify yourself? Like people can't see you, so like age, gender, race, sex, all that kind of stuff. Whatever you want to go with.
2: Uh, let me see. I'm Forty-five, white, four hundred pound gay man. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> all right. Okay, so um, where, I guess, what was your experience growing up with the concept of being a man, masculinity, like what were some of those early messages you got?
2: Uh, it was funny, when I first sat down, I started thinking about like, where most of those messages came from. Uh, most of them came from women hmm. for me, because my when I think about like my grandfather, um, and it explains a lot about how my life developed. My grandfather was this Welsh, hardworking, like you don't show your feelings. Um, like if you're down about something, if you're uh, something's upsetting you, you bury it as far as mm-hmm. you can, mm-hmm. and you just work harder, and it'll just go away. Mm-hmm. Well, he he ended up um, drinking himself to death at the age of like 56. The doctor said, uh, if you ever drink again, because he's a diabetic too, we uh-huh. uh, said, so if you ever drink again, you're going to die. Um, and he got upset with my grandmother about something, didn't tell anybody about it. Went and got a bottle of whiskey, drank it, had a heart attack, and died. Whoa. So that was my that was when I was like three. And I vividly remember that, and I have throughout my whole life. Um, my dad and I are really close now, but I didn't talk to him for about 13 years because um, he left when I was in fourth grade. Hmm. Um, a lot of my, like the male figures of masculinity was what I heard from my grandmother and my mother um, saying that this is what a man is. Um, like my grandmother, I still to this day... Open doors for women uh-huh. all the time, or we'll give up a seat for women all the time, or um, like do the gentlemanly things you're supposed to do, yeah. you're told you're supposed to do. I got all that from my
1: grandmother. So, you really got like straightforward messages of like, this is a man. This is what, yeah, yeah. this is what you do. A man
2: doesn't wear his hat at the table when you're eating. Mm. Um, you know, a man stands up straight, carries himself well. But a lot of that too was um, <laughs> to hide your emotion. Like I was always taught, even through the women in my family, mm. was you don't show your emotions, mm. Did just, you? just work harder. Did your grandmother show any emotions? No, well, no. Not really. If she, you knew what she, what she was feeling. Yeah. Um, but we weren't like yellers or anything like that in our family. It was more of a, a guilt mm. thing. Grandma's really good on guilt. Mom was really good on guilt. My sister's really good on guilt. How,
1: how did guilt, like, how did they portray that there was.
2: If, like, if I screwed something up as a kid, I didn't get yelled at or screamed at. It. I just got the look. Oh, that and look. And I <laughs> knew. I get a chill thinking about it. I just got a chill went through my body. I'm thinking yes. like alright well either somebody's about to kill me yeah um, like I remember I took out my um, I love to drive I have since I was a kid um, my dad taught me when I was like four years old um, and I used to steal my parents' cars all the time I grew up <laughs> about 30 miles north of Syracuse New York okay. out in the country um, so I stole a station wagon one day and we went out it all day way along and I got caught because I got hungry and wanted to go to McDonald's and one of my mom's co-workers was there so instead of and I was I mean and this was seventh grade and I was six, 275 pounds at that point. And I looked like a man driving a station wagon. Uh-huh. Um, but the ladies saw me, they came over to the table and they're like, you better be going straight home with that car. So instead of taking the keys from us, they were like, we're like, well, when we get caught, we'll go. So anyways, my mom found out about it. Um, and when she got home, like I was like, I'm done. I'm done. Like she didn't have to say anything. She, I was just like, you're about to kill me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was never, uh, I didn't have a lot of examples as far as, like, what, quote, unquote, being a man was. uh uh-huh. um,
1: Well, and so it's, like, that that idea of, like, almost the uh, punishment through fear. Like, you just okay, knew yeah. to be afraid. Yeah. But then, it's weird because, like, I, were you, what? in what ways did you, like, were you allowed to, like, show that you were afraid? Like, were you just, like... No.
2: Because yeah. I, no, because I also, I mean, I knew I was gay in fourth grade. Mm. Um, and at that time is when my parents were getting divorced. So I always thought, and this sounds stupid to say, uh, but as a young kid in upstate New York, um, like they they still kill gay people like beat the crap out of gay gay kids. Yeah. So I was in fourth grade and I thought my father had found out that I was gay and that's why he left. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that, between that, I was also always twice as big as everyone else. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was such a wimp. Um, What do you mean? Because I just, I've never fight back. People, we were dirt poor. Mm -hmm. But other people that I hung out with, like in the rural area that we were, were even more poor or poorer or poor or more poor, whatever. Mm. Um, but they thought we had money because we had a house and so they all had trailers. So at the end of the day, when we were done playing, I would always get beat up, like literally every day, because I was the poor fat kid. Mm. And I wouldn't defend myself because I wanted people to like me. I would come home and my mother would say, Well, you're twice as big as them. Still stand up for yourself. Yeah. Which now, after being in therapy for a while, I realized it wasn't the right thing for her to do and you know, she did the yeah, best she yeah. could. Um, so I was, yeah, it was tough and I never, like with football, um, I was never mean enough. It wasn't until my third year at Syracuse that I finally one day just get pissed off and say, I'm sick of being nice to people. And I just, I, it was hard for me to, to make a difference or make a, a differentiate between being on the field and off the field because mm-hmm. I, once I was an asshole on the field, it was hard for me to turn it off. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Jim played football at Syracuse.
1: <laughs> <This> <laughs> would, he, uh, well, so no, I think it's interesting because, like, no one asked you why you weren't fighting back. Right. And then also that idea of, like, thinking that your dad had left because he found out you were gay. What did that do to your, like, how did you respond to that as.
2: Oh, I was suicidal from the time I was in fourth grade till probably 34. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, you want to talk about having no self esteem. Or a low self esteem, because that, even when I realized that wasn't true, mm-hmm. um, it still affected decisions I made. Um, and I, I always, I never thought I'd, first I was living my life like I wouldn't get past 30 anyways. Yeah. Um, I was just, you know, partying hard and didn't, was just running and running and running um, out of that fear of somebody either finding out that I was gay or, um, how messed up like I was in my head from thinking that nobody's ever gonna like me or just like constant, constant fear mm. for everything. Yeah. And then playing football, I didn't want anybody to find out that I was gay. Um so you kinda I always wonder if I didn't play football, um, like what how that would have changed me as a gay man too. Cause I always wonder because I there's such a big spectrum. There's mm-hmm. like, you know really effeminate guys to like really, you know, straight and masculine Game on mm-hmm. or straight acting, Where I hate that term, but um, yeah, but I always wondered what makes because there's guys that I grew up with that I went to high school with that are more effeminate, um, that didn't play sports. And I always wondered if I didn't play football, if that would have changed. You know, would I be a drag queen right now? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, seriously, yeah, 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 <laughs> um, like if that was a part of that like
1: almost that idea of like your grandfather who obviously like used alcohol to push stuff down if if it's like because that's what I'm wondering is like how I mean you're a big guy but how did you get into playing football yeah
2: Um, that was my it's funny my mother made me start taking I was really awkward I mean I grew so quick I was thin and blonde going into third grade yeah by fourth grade I was about a foot taller my hair got dark uh, when I just the pictures are funny I'm like a foot or two feet taller than most of my classmates um, it was really awkward. So my mother heard the NFL players took ballet classes, so she enrolled me in ballet class. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I, I have some really funny video. This, yeah, um, just so I can be more coordinated. But then, because um, we didn't have football until seventh grade, that way I grew up. Hmm. Um, it was just a natural thing. That's just I didn't like playing football. I remember the first time I came home and I said to my mother, "I'm like, I'm not going back to practice." She's like, "Yeah, you yeah. are," because she knew. Yeah. Like that would give me something to identify with that I could be good at. Um, and then I just got good because I was, you know, twice the size yeah, yeah. of everybody.
1: Um, well, Mike and I boy. both talked. I mean, Mike <clears throat> played college basketball mm-hmm. and I played football for like six years. And both of us were, we were asking, we we're like, <laughs> did you even really like it? Like, did you, it was like the access it gave us to other the things, power. like yeah. being on the football team or like. I being, don't know if I liked it or not. Yeah. I
2: never. The way I used to party was I used to black out a lot as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But even not using anything, I was still in a blackout because there was such constant fear. Mm. Like, I never enjoyed anything ever my entire life. And I had great grades, you know, graduated from Newhouse, I was saying earlier. Mm -hmm. A lot of success in football, went to bowl games every year, Um, you know, played with a lot of guys that played in the NFL. Mm. I was always, I think about it as I was living someone else's dream. My whole yeah. entire life. And I also lived growing up north of Syracuse as a gay kid. The only version I saw of gay men were guys that were like ripped in, like in shape and like underwear models or swimsuit models. Mm. There were no 400 pound, six foot five, fat, hairy guys. Yeah. You know, and that was before the internet. Yeah. So the only thing I thought of gay people was when I saw a local paper once a year, they show the Pride Parade, one yeah. picture of it. Uh huh you know I didn't have google I didn't have yeah 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 you know radio stations or tv stations to watch or programs to watch um,
1: so that's so it, it's like you were this idea of the like a man was so complex because not only were, did you have like it's like how do i fit in as a man how do i fit in as a gay man how do i fit in as a gay man in this area how do right. i fit in as a gay man with like being the way i am i mean
2: i still deal with that now at yeah, 45 yeah. years old
1: yeah well,
2: and I yeah. didn't even know, I thought I was a club kid. When I first, when I came out, moved to Manhattan like so many of us do. Um, I seriously thought, I, <laughs> I used to wear uh, <clears throat> a pair of six inch olive green boots heels with bell-bottom jeans and i would be at the clubs dancing like i was one of those little club kids in the corner yeah, i can't yeah. imagine what i must have sweating my butt off <laughs> you know, yeah yeah picture it. <laughs> i know i like you it. know it's a, i feel like it's a good look and yeah. i i was just i was trying to do what i thought it was never about how i felt it was about how the people around me felt and if they were having fun and if i was around people that were having fun that must be what fun is mm. um and I never, I was always the guy breaking up fights, never causing fights mm-hmm. until I started to date. You can ask Roland about that. Was talking, yeah. We was about that. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, so
1: when you were, because when you were playing, you you didn't come out until after ye- you started?
2: A year after I graduated from Syracuse, So.
1: so- did you feel, because it kind of sounds like what you're saying is like it was, for the longest time, it was all performative. Like it was all oh, yeah. putting on, even after you came out. So what was it like? Because, you know, you think of like a col- a successful college football team locker room. What was that environment like and how, how were you trying to put yourself into that and what kind of effects did it have on you? Yeah. I
2: would, so you were showering with 110 guys. Okay. Um, I would wear contacts during practice. And as soon as we got off the field, I would take my contacts out. And then when we were on the shower together, I wouldn't, couldn't see anybody. Mm. Yeah. I perfected that in my, like, my freshman year. I'm like, i got to deal with this some way. Um, so, yeah, I would. That's how I dealt with that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Wow. No, like literally no. in that like very concrete way. Of, oh, no. like, I will blind myself no. so I can't. Because well, I can't even
2: imagine what would happen if somebody realized, like if somebody caught me looking at them mm. or something. Yeah. When I mean, you figure as a, as a you know that's from the age of I guess when I was seventeen left when I was twenty three. I was at Syracuse for five years, yeah. So you get some hormones flowing, Then yeah. that are just squashed down and repressed. But I did. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that I, I repressed you know, through drinking and partying and stuff.
1: But. Well, and it's like you know you said something. You were talking about like when even when you weren't drinking, you were kind of in a blackout, and that made me think in the context of sports. And I don't know like what it was like for you, Mike, or like, but like I do know like I liked playing football because I like being with people i liked like my friends and it, i like the acceptance that it got me but also i did love hitting like i loved like i liked hitting oh yeah. but where like it hurt me you know what i mean like hitting oh. someone and if it hurt me i was like that was that i got pleasure out of
0: oh. um, but not hitting anybody else
1: well what i mean is like i'm uh, same way like i'm i was never like angry like we've talked about before like i've gotten in tons of fights back when i used to drink and all that stuff but it was always like defending a friend or i was working at a bar you know i was never the guy going after people um, and i was terrified every single time even if i was a foot taller than the person i was fighting i was like terrified of everything but something about football and that idea of like because i wasn't that good either like i was like pretty mediocre but like so even on like the scout team i would always try and like hit so hard because that i enjoyed there was something about that and you know it could be the the like alcoholic who just wants that feeling of like numbness and pain, yeah, or yeah, you know, yeah, at the yeah. same time. Yeah.
2: You no, know? once I realized that I was, and I can say this now, I couldn't before, but I was pretty good. Yeah. Um, once I got mean. Once I found that inner, mm. once I channeled—I always say—channeled my inner fat kid, um, who was always because I remember being an eight-year-old fat kid had the worst temper in the world. Yeah. Um, it would just snap at anything. I learned to turn that back on in my fourth year at Syracuse, and that's what. Got me a starting position and you know, helped kiss the bowl games and all that kind of stuff. But I do remember my because my last game was uh, the Gator Bowl. We beat Clemson forty-one nothing. was awesome because they talked they talked shit all week long and we killed them. Um, of course, we had Marvin Harrison, uh, Don McNabb, um, all these. Th- that, that was my team. <laughs> Just decent I football yeah. <laughs> I mean it was yeah. it was incredible. <laughs> yeah. um, and I was Don's left tackle, um, but I remember thinking after that game on the bus from it was the first game I ever played in the Jacksonville Stadium it was a brand new stadium but going from the stadium back to the hotel thinking oh my god i never have to do this again I'd never have to play football again it was such a sense of relief because mm-hmm. um, I also had several knee surgeries and I, my body was just done at that point and I was just I was so happy to, for all that to be done yeah and everyone else that was a fifth year senior on that bus was like upset because there were, football careers were over and then there's other ones that were going to the pros they were very happy yeah but I was just—I could not wait to just get back home and, and find out what I was going to do. Huh. I was just so done at yeah. that point because that level of fear of uh, trying to develop who I was as a person—I wasn't even thinking about doing that. But I knew that part—that all that fear was done. Yeah, it's like you work because you, I mean, as a Division One athlete, you bust your ass to try to you know, contribute to the team um, and try to win games. But then there's the other part of you that's just in fear. Somebody's gonna find out this other part, so yeah. yeah I mm. was all I wanted to do was party and come out. I still didn't do that for another year, but mm. so yeah. did you?
1: You felt like you knew that after, like, you that's what you were waiting for was to get out of school and like that, that you would come out. and
2: I had no idea what I was gonna do, yeah. Um, it was funny after about a month that January, um. I party every day, like big time every day. And one day I stayed sober for a day, I think, I was like, holy shit, I should try the combines. So I started trying to train again, but it was too late. Yeah. Um, and I realized that after trying to get back into shape, because that goes way quick. Um, and I just said "The hell with it. And uh, the day after, because I had one class left that fifth year. And the day after I graduated from Syracuse, I had my first restaurant management job. Yeah, it was the restaurant industry for the next fifteen years.
1: And that industry, will let you uh, have some fun. Oh, I've, been yeah. in, I've been in that. Well, you fit. can be whatever you want to be because yeah. everyone,
2: everyone, nobody cares, yeah. especially in New York City, and mm-hmm. you just yeah, be free
1: for yeah. sure. Because that, well, and I, I'm thinking and, and like Mike, I think you can speak this too. There's this thing of like almost like forced identity. You know, like you've talked about like you were good at it. So people like, no, you're going to do this. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so that yeah. I can just imagine that feeling when it's like, no one can make me do this anymore. Like yeah. no one can tell me I have to
0: be this person anymore. Yeah. yeah I relate. When you said that, when you took the ballet class yeah. and you were like, I'm not going to, and you're, and you went to football practice and came home and your mom was like, and you were like, I'm not going to do this anymore. And your mom was like, yeah you are yeah yeah that was me like right when I graduated high school I was like I want to go to fashion school and they were like no, you're not I'm <laughs> no. gonna play basketball yeah and I was like okay, I'm gonna play basketball yeah but what I wanted to ask you in regards to that was did, do you think your mom knew you were gay and that she
2: had no idea no idea nobody did yeah. wow no yeah. and I, I remember I used to get so pissed when my coming out process it was like the dullest thing because I managed to surround myself with some of the best people. In the world. my mother. All she's. This is how I did it. Right. This is my coming out story. I wrote a letter to my mother, uh-huh. um, and I made a uh, made her listen to "I Believe I Can Fly." Oh, <laughs> I, I was love that. So that that song. is amazing. And so I had her. I was. I had her read the thing. Then I played the song. Uh-huh. I said, "This is what my life is right now. I believe I can do anything." Because I thought coming out would change everything. And like yeah. everything was going to be fun. Yeah. No, just open more doors to more negative stuff yeah, for, yeah. for me at least. Um, and then she looked at me and she goes, you don't like to wear dresses, do you? Hmm. That's the only thing she was worried about. And she was like, Jim, I don't, as long as you're happy, I don't care. And that was the response I got from, all, from almost everybody in my life. The people who, who were upset about it, I, whatever, they just mm. went by the wayside. But everyone was like, well, as long as you're happy, yeah. you know, we're happy for you. And I was like, that's it? Like, nobody's <laughs> going to get past <pissed> and like <laughs> disown me. Or... So I had it pretty easy. Yeah. I've always been grateful for that. But even having that easy process, uh, no, nobody knew. Mm. My girlfriend in college, you no, know? yeah. <laughs> not nobody. but poor Beth. Um, we dated for three years. Uh, we never had sex. I told her I wanted to wait till we get married. Um, and I was really, really in love with her, and she was in love with me. Yeah, um, she's a wonderful person. She's the last person I came out to. It, was like, it was like a year or two after. It's always uncomfortable. Yeah, um, like we're Facebook friends, whatever now. But yeah, like, we're yeah. never. We're not close.
0: Your yeah. level to compartmentalize is unmatched. <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: well, and it's also funny, like
1: your mom's response of "you don't wear dresses," though, right? It's like it's almost like it's like still this idea of like, but you're still a man, right? right? Like I don't I don't have to wrap my head around that idea, and mm-hmm. like, um, well, so, so I, I want to ask you this kind of, and then we'll take a break, and I think we'll come back and ask you some questions, but uh, what? How have you figured out? Because your story is really making me think about, like, again, like a lot of us, like, there's these different ways of playing the part of who we want to be or want people to think or we think people want us to be. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll be whatever you want me to be, just like me. (laughs) I know that was part of my story. Same. Um, How now have you sort of. What are your ideas now on what it is, how you are a man? What, like, when you feel masculine? When you.
2: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I've just recently started, um, I just started going to therapy for the first time in my life. Four months? It's been four months now. Mm. Um, And I can't decide what I am as a man until I decide what I am as a person, as a human being. And I don't really know myself Mm. well enough yet. Yeah. Um, And I I don't like norms, and so I don't want to like fit. Totally. I don't even know how to say like I don't don't really want to fit in anywhere, like figure out what I am as a man. I just want to be a good person. Yeah, Um, and it sounds cheesy and it sounds corny, and like that's what everyone wants to say. But I don't think there is a this whole tough guy routine that's going on in the country right now. Like Mm. with uh, I don't want to get political, but like with Trump and like people who are being emboldened to be like racist and bigots and stuff Mm. like that. Like that's not a man to me. That's like that's a like an immature kid. Yeah, but Mm. they think that's like this manly macho. Yeah. Thing until I've had a couple incidents or instances. Um, I go upstate all the time, uh, every weekend to so a house up in the St. Lawrence River. Um, and I had one driving home last winter. It was like two o'clock in the morning, it was snowing like crazy. And I stopped in Plaska, New York, which is about 40 miles north of Syracuse. The kid working behind the counter was obviously gay, he was very effeminate, uh, whatever. And these older guys, well, my age, <laughs> older. Like 45, 50-year-olds were like saying "fag." You could hear the word faggot underneath the words like that. And, and I was really tired. Um, and I finally turned and I said, I'm a faggot. Mm. Say it again. And I could feel my, just like that 8-year-old that kid coming out again. Mm, yeah. um, and those guys turned around and left that store like that. Um, and also happened, there's more stuff that happens like that. But that's, yeah. there's this idea that being a man <clears throat> is like this tough, like hardcore, mm. at least mine, like for my grandfather. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I didn't know from my dad. Cause I didn't learn anything from him because he wasn't there. Um, like I said, we're close now. But I mean, who, who's to say what like being a man is? Yeah. Being a man, you have a penis. That's the only <laughs> thing that makes you a man. What yeah. you do with the rest of you is what makes you like a good human being. Yeah, I like that. You know, because yeah, there's, I, like I mean, because I have some real you know, female friends. that are more. You know, masculine or more like stronger in them, who they are than a lot of male friends um, you know straight or gay um, like I always say my sister has more balls than any man I've ever met mm-hmm. in my life yeah um, but it's I don't know I just started working on it four months ago I'm 45 sure. years old yeah you know and I spent you know 45 years running away from let's say 44 and a half years running away from who I am. So I'm still kind of discovering again. It's all a process. Yeah. I think we rediscover and redefine who we are throughout your whole life. I mean, you don't want to stay this, you don't want to stay a good person, but you want to stay the same person your whole life. Like that's just kind of boring. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe I will be a drag queen next year. I don't know. Who yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. 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 You no, know, but <laughs>
1: yeah, like because that, and, and we've talked about that on here, like, and like, I think, it is so like this ability to sort of like disconnect first. It's like, yeah, I, uh, I spent a lot of life like trying to play the part of a man and that tough guy. Da, da, and like, and then it sort of, I got to a place where I let all that, I got come from up to let, let all that go. Like I did work on myself and I let go of all that. And and now like seeing everything more as like a spectrum. So I'm like, you can have a penis and not be a man. Like you can, you know what I mean? Like you can, all these things like, um, but then it was like, well, but wait, what does that mean to me? Because I do, I identify as a man, like, and so what does that mean to me? Because yeah, like when I see someone being like, you know, someone being like, uh, if, if someone hits on my girlfriend, I gotta do something about that. Because like, so you can't like to me, I see fear. I feel so mm-hmm. like fear and insecurity. And to me, I'm like, okay, well, to me, that's not what my idea of masculinity. My like, but I also see women who when they're confident and that I'm like, Oh, that's him being like a strong woman. Uh, so it is weird. It's like, I don't know which it's like, how do I, I identify as a man and how do I want to be? Right. So if, to me, if I find that, that's my being a man and, you know, so like I do think it's so, and I love that. Yeah. Like I don't want to be the same. I, hopefully I won't yeah. reach Because uh, we time. only have one life <laughs> as far as <laughs> I know, you
2: know, so you might as well enjoy it. Cause that's what I'm trying to think of now. My whole life has been because what happened with you know, my grandfather dying early, then my um, father leaving. Yeah. I've always been felt like I was the caretaker of my mother and of my sister, which carried over into relationships mm-hmm. and friendships, uh, into jobs, and where I am. That's the only identity I can think of uh, as far as like a masculine trait is yeah. the, is the caretaker, because um, that's what I saw when I was younger. Yeah, um, is like and of course that's because of the. There's so much stuff in our society that's screwed up. Like, there's no reason that has to be that way. But that's what I learned growing up. Like, I'm supposed to be taking care of everyone, Mm
0: -hmm. and
2: then taking care of everyone. I never learned how to take care of myself. Yeah, that's why right now. I mean, I my health is crap right now because I never knew what I was doing to myself would have negative effects. I never even thought about it. Yeah, like if somebody, a friend, or you know, a lover, or a family member, was in the position I'm in right now. Like, I would be so nice to them and so good to them and so, like, helping them out with everything. And, uh-huh. But I don't do it for myself. Yeah. Um, but it's a learning... Like I said, I am now, more and more now. Uh, that's how, do, more.
1: how do you treat yourself about it?
2: <clears throat> um, I actually go to doctor's appointments. Yeah. Um, I mean, by getting... I... The reason I found out any of this stuff, like I, uh, like I said, I had two heart surgeries back in February. The only reason I didn't drop dead is because I got sober again the week before. And I told my sponsor, um, I said, I don't have any kind of like spirituality in my life. I don't believe in God. I don't mm-hmm. believe in whatever. And that was on Tuesday night. By Friday, I was in the hospital having emergency surgery on my heart. Because I. she actually said, you need to go to your doctor, uh-huh. um, who I hadn't been to in a while. I said, all right, I'll go. Um, and it literally brought me to my knees because I was living in heart failure for about three months. Oh. Still doing a bunch of stuff and yeah, like, yeah, partying yeah, yeah. and whatever. Yeah. Um and had the first heart surgery. Um, a good friend of mine, Roland. Yeah. He, I don't know if you know Roland, but mm. um, he was like, you need to go to the doctor. I'll meet you there. Like, let's go. Had the first heart surgery, and as the, you're in what's called twilight, so you're awake for it while well, they're cleaning out your arteries. It's, it's a weird thing. So they go in. <laughs> I didn't like that. They go in through here. <laughs> Look, they go through your wrist and it goes up through your arm and your heart. And you're awake. You feel the pressure Ooh. as they go up in. It's a big screen TV as you're watching your heart. They're cleaning it out. Yeah, it was crazy. Oh, so he cleans out the first one, pulls down his mask, cleans over, he said, Are you done yet? He said, I just found another blockage on the other side. And one was one coronary artery was 96% blocked and the other one was 91% blocked. So I had like a couple days left. And he pulled down his mask. He said, You did this to yourself. You're 45. You have the heart of a 90-year-old man. Are you done? So if you're not done, I'm not doing the other artery. Huh. I said, Yeah, of course I'm it's like you're high when you're in this yeah, toilet yeah. phase. Um, and I said to him, I said, yeah, I'm done. Tears coming down my face. He said, good, because you'll be here on Monday for your second surgery. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so I was, yeah, that was kind of an eye-opener. Um, yeah. What a question. And just, yeah. And yeah. just following up. He's like, for nobody real, else right? He's like, nobody else did this to me. I, I did this to me. Mm. And that, for me, was like a, oh, yeah, you're right. Nobody else, like, made me do what I've done mm. over the past 26 years. Mm. Yeah. Yo, I love that the doctor was that
0: direct with you. Yeah, because I was, and I like, was really honest week.
2: with them, too. And thankfully, the week before, because I know when you, I've lied to doctors my whole life. Sure. Oh, no, I'm fine. Yeah, I have one or two drinks today. I don't do any drugs or smoke that much, uh, which was all a lie. Sure. Um, but I was super honest with the, like the intake people in the emergency room uh-huh. um, and everything else. So that's, that's- that was my point of, it took me that much to the point where I needed to take care of myself. Yeah. And learn how to do that yeah so yeah
1: and then that part of like i think the heart like if if someone you loved was in the same position huh. you would encourage them to go to their doctor but also if they were like look like i'm a piece of shit look what i did you know what i mean that's yeah. a, for me is the hard part too to not then it's like all right i'll do the thing but then i'm gonna beat myself up for getting myself yeah. in this position how like, could you let that happen why didn't you go to the no. dentist for eight years <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean and it's no. like I wouldn't do that to the person, a family member or a friend. Or I wouldn't be, like, scolding them. So, oh. all right. Well, Good times. Yeah. Well, but yeah, but, but that, that's like real life. you said, you're, and yeah. you're progressing. Like you're, oh. try, like you're evolving. Oh. Um, cool. Well, so let's take a break. And we'll look at Mike. Just, I'm just, like, in the story. Like, I'm so deep into <laughs> it. I'm just like, just, you can't see it, but he has been <laughs> wide-eyed. All right. So we'll take a break, and we'll come right back.
0: Welcome back to the Walls Down Podcast. I'm Mike. I'm Walker. And we got our man Jim here. Hello. Go. So we're going to do our uh, six questions. Let's go. Okay. Um, you ready? Okay. Question one. When are you scared?
2: When am I scared? When I feel like I'm going to lose something that I really don't want to lose. Yeah.
1: Like, uh, Which can
2: apply to hundreds of difference. so Like my, for instance, my boss could live for the next. 20... I'm a personal assistant. He could live for another twenty years. He's seventy nine now, or he could drop dead tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I always am afraid that he's going to drop dead tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to look for another job. <laughs> um, so yes, I'm anything like that.
1: Yeah. How do you? Wh- what do you sort of? This isn't one of the questions, but I'm like, what do you look like when you're scared? What? How do you? What mode do you go into? What do you?
2: serious yeah like i go into business mode um so people i mean it's obvious now if you know who i am mm-hmm. that i'm scared yeah um, but if people don't know me they just think oh he's just being business like or i get very like matter of fact maybe a little bossy
1: yeah 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 well no? no i identify with that this <laughs> you should see me oh, <laughs> moving apartments i'm like already afraid because last year when i moved i turned into like a beast when we were moving because one I was insecure that I had Got in the wrong apartment. I was insecure that I had paid too much, like signed a lease on too expensive. So then I went into this like searching for how I'm getting fucked over mode. And then all the people around me were having to pay, pay the like pay you the know price. I'm moving in. I'm like put that there. That's not going there. That's, go stand by the truck. It's like
0: who who is this yeah. person? <laughs> so I know it's yeah, Looking for an apartment in New York is the most it savage, really is savage it thing is brutal out it there. Is. there. You no, get joke. Get, you get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> in this last this apartment
2: I'm. Once you get to the point where, um, like I think you were talking about earlier with realtors, when yeah, you yeah. walk in and you, you get to the point where you're like, I, I don't have to prove anything to you, yeah, like you're going to be happy having me as a tenant.
1: That was, this is the first time I feel that way, where I'm not like, let me prove to you. Uh, but it took me 20 years. I
2: mean, this last apartment was the first time that ever happened. it's but, but. a good place to be. <laughs> All right. So question two,
1: what do you need from people?
2: Honestly. That's all I'm... That's really... I'm learning that's all I need from people. Yeah. If you don't like me, tell me you don't like me. There's billions of people in the world I'm good with that. Like, I don't even need to know why anymore. Yeah. But I hate it when somebody... The false niceness people do, especially because we live in New York City and everybody's like that. Because people aren't genuinely nice to you here um, until they can find out they can get something from you or they can't. Hmm. This is my business mode (laughs) because it's happened to me so many times. Um, That's why after... Fifteen years of living here, I have one best friend um, who I love daily and trust with my life. Uh, my partner, the same way, and maybe one or two other people, if mm. that, out of the thirteen million people that are in Manhattan daily, um, that I really, really uh, like trust mm. and believe. So, and because everyone else, I'm, I'm sure you guys have had the experience, You're like you discover, well, this motherfucker was really nice to me mm. until he couldn't get something from me. And then they disappear. Um, Because there are so many people over the years that I've thought were going to be like, you know, we're best friends for life and you're going to be in my wedding. I don't even know their names anymore because they're just going to disappear. So honestly.
1: I think that's... Do you feel like you start off assuming someone's not honest and they have to prove that they're being honest? Or
2: Unfortunately, yeah, from being a New Yorker. um, (laughs) Yeah. Because you're just so conditioned to do that here. Yeah. Because I wasn't like that before I moved here.
0: Mm. All right. That's a good answer.
2: Number three. When do you feel hurt? Hmm. When people don't understand what I'm going through. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, that self-centeredness too. Mm. Like I have to learn that it doesn't matter that people, other people understand mm. it right now. I'm not speaking to my mother or to my sister, mm. two of the closest people mm. to me in the entire world. Um, and it's because they don't understand what happened to me for the past couple of years and certain stuff in my life. Um, but they, uh, I can't expect them to understand, but I still do. Huh. Um, My mother also, because of therapy, (laughs) she doesn't understand why I'm so angry at her. And that's it's going to take a while. We'll be close again. Yeah, I I didn't talk to my father for 13 years, but I made amends to him, and now we're like best friends. Mm. Um, So I know my mother and my sister and I will eventually, um, it's going to be a different dynamic, but we'll be family again. Um, But right now, I kind of put them on the shelf because any interaction I have with them, I I scream at them. I I screamed at my mother about three weeks ago. But stuff because she just didn't understand. Uh-huh. Um, but they weren't there; they didn't know. You know, like I was telling you guys the water skiing story. They had no idea when they were out water skiing and practicing for that weekend that I was on shore, and the rich people wouldn't let me in their house because they're afraid I was going to eat all their food. Yeah, a mm. uh, so little kid. Yeah. Know, yeah, The little poor kid. Um. So yeah. Yeah, it's
1: like not like not being seen because when you're not being understood,
2: yeah. yeah. Even with my partner now, with my health issues. Like, I, um, like, my best friend, like, with Roland, I've gotten frustrated with a couple of times, um, saying, like, uh, we were out for my birthday this year, and it was hot and it was humid. Um, I have a partially collapsed lung um, that's being fixed, um, but my health is crap right now, and I couldn't breathe. And they were all wanted to walk from place to place, like, after dinner, and they wanted to get ice cream, and they wanted to walk around. I'm like, guys, I, I can't. Hmm. Like physically do that because mm-hmm. I don't want to have another heart attack, like mm-hmm. I just take a couple stents put in. Um, but trying to explain to somebody what it's like not being able to breathe is almost impossible.
1: yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's like, I realize this is a you seems like a very simple thing for you, but I cannot do this right now yeah yeah. Well, yeah. Um, all right, question <laughs> four who intimidates you? Who intimidates me? This is coming from a guy who, you know, played football. This, was this big guy. But like Who intimidates you?
2: Really successful people. Mm. Yeah. Because I'm, I forget that they're people. Mm. Um, and I always find myself, when I walk away from, uh, I, think I was telling you, uh, the guy that my sister had dated, whose father invented cable TV, I was always afraid to talk to him. Mm-hmm. But I realized, now there's a lot of people who will just go start asking questions. Uh, A good friend of my dad's was a general contractor who's made uh, a very big success now, Mr. Tyler. Super nice guy. You wouldn't know. He had tons of money when you meet him. Just bought a new yacht. Beautiful, like millions of dollars yacht. And we went and saw it uh, back in June. and this is how I know that I'm changing because I started asking him questions about it, about what it was like to drive it. And then he laughed and he was like, "I have a captain. I don't drive this boat." <laughs> um, and I kind of laughed. Well, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but usually, people with a lot of money are successful people because I want to know how they did it so bad. Yeah. Um, like, but I still get too intimidated. I feel like a college kid again, like applying for a job. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to. It's hard to put words. But I get nervous around people with a lot more money. Yeah. Successful. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah,
1: I mean, we that came up for both. Like, pe- people that sort of have, are where we want to be or have yeah. things we want. Because yeah. we forget that other people. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. They Oh, they have it all figured out. Yeah. Like, I'll embarrass myself right. if I say something I stupid go, or... Right. I go straight into, I'm less than. They don't yeah. even yeah. want to talk to me. Yep. <laughs> I'm yeah. not worth Why would time. you ever talk to me? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: It just like... Yeah. Uh, when are you proud of yourself? <sighs>
2: um... I think when I really sit down, it's normally in the morning, but when I meditate in the morning, um, the fact that I'm, re- this is just starting because my having a kind of self esteem or being proud at all has eluded me for so many years, but actually when I'm, okay, this is going to sound weird. So when I meditate in the morning, mm-hmm. I use a, uh, um uh, inversion board because mm-hmm. I have several herniated discs in my back. Football was great, but it beat up my body. Yeah, yeah. So I use that time to meditate. Um, and when I remember to do that, I'm proud of myself. That's been like the first, because that means that I woke up and I remember what I have to do on a daily basis, just to say to stay sane. Because uh-huh. um, if I don't do that, then I feel like absolute crap. Um, so yeah, that's I mean that's where I'm starting now, because I've never really all those times in my life where I've had super successful moments, you know, like the Gator Bowl and you know, anything to do with football or your grades, yeah, um, just graduating from college or having a, you know, a great paying job. All that kind of stuff. I've never been proud of any of that stuff. Mm. Um, A lot of that's due to fear. Um, But now that I'm actually taking advice and like that's my self care. First part of self care of the day for me is meditating upside down on an inversion board. And I'll kind of laugh once in a while like that because it's I remember to do it and I'm actually taking care of myself.
1: Yeah. And it's hard to do. Like it's hard to break away from that. Like if for a long time just. Done whatever guiding cost to kind of get those things like peep approval, dah, 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 whatever, yeah. breaking that habit. And so like, and to like care about yourself and do little things. Like I feel that, like mm-hmm. I, I still feel proud when I like walk in my room and my bed's made and it's oh, like, yeah. nice. like Absolutely. and I'm like, yeah. this means nothing to any, like my, no one else cares. You're doing it just for yourself. Exactly. And I like feel, it makes me feel like a little bit proud of myself. Yeah.
0: We were talking about that before. Yeah,
1: me and Mike <laughs> might be a little too OCD. <laughs> I like
0: my apartment to look like no one lives there and it's no. staged. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was
2: always taught messy bed, messy head. Yeah. Well,
1: yes. I was taught that and yeah. never. And it it. My place <laughs> was a wreck until I started actually taking care of myself. Yeah. yeah. All right. So the last question. Oh, now I have another question. But, well, well The last question of these set questions is um, when do you feel like and what does it look like today when you're being your most genuine, authentic self?
2: What does it look like? I think you can just see it in my face for anybody who knows me because there's a... Because I've always been so in so much fear and so stressed all the time. Mm. There's that just look of worry, I guess, goes away. And I haven't really experienced it in the city as much. It happens when I'm on my boat up on the St. Lawrence River. That's when it happens. Yeah. I've seen You can actually see in pictures, too. All of my pictures, usually if I have my arm around somebody, my hand is closed. Um, but if I'm genuinely relaxed, my hand is open. Because uh-huh. I'm so afraid that somebody doesn't want me to touch them. It's weird. It's a thing. No, when no, I look back no, at all no. my high school things, all of my... You can see uh, that my fist is clenched. But now you can see um, if I'm... Especially up, up the river in the boat it's like a group shot or something or if I'm with my partner or something, my hand's open. Mm. Um, Man,
1: that that's, is... The, the, it's like that little yes. connection huh. to another closed off from the person that closed that fist
2: means so much Yes, you know, so much like Oh, so. fear and that, like, got, me. that like got me like <laughs> low self esteem and like this person doesn't want me near them and god do I smell or like all just all sorts of stuff
1: like that is that I'm picturing is like your like your heart like your yeah. like your, it's on like my self
2: defense yeah
1: uh, is like yeah. this is how you are and this is like where I want to be yeah. I want to be open I want this to like yeah. I always do this when I'm like talking to people I'm like we we get like this yeah. and we want to go like yeah. want to open it, uh, it. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah sit back and, perfect huh? um, well so yeah that that was too good of an answer I don't want to ask. I'm not going, yeah, we're not. So, so, yeah, Jim, I want to thank you so thank much you for yeah, coming on. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm, I mean, Mike, even just running into you and everything, it's so great. And thank you for coming here and sitting in the hot. <laughs> that's awesome. It's hot in here. So, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, I mean, do you have anything you want to like, plug or anything or just no. be, we should all be I good feel to
2: like, each <laughs> other? I, feel I was going to say, I, I want to say what Ellen says all the time. So just be kind to one another. What does she say? My God, you guys don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> you watch clips. Okay, watch Ellen. She always says that all of her shows is be kind to one another. Yeah, okay. I, I'm that. down with that point yeah, for same. sure. <laughs> uh,
1: well, so thanks for listening to Walls Down, guys. If you want to, uh, as always, like if you have any comments at this point or um, you want to be on the show, think someone should be on the show, you want to send us private, send it to uh, wallsdownpodcast at gmail.com. And you could also follow us at
0: Walls Down Podcast on IG.
1: That's right. And then um, rate and review us on iTunes because if, if you comment, rate, review, all that, it gets it to more people can see it and more people can listen to it. And then we'll know that people want us to keep doing it. So, uh, yes, sir. That's it. Thank you again, Jim. Thank, Thank you, you guys for listening. That's it. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Peace.